It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our weekly look at the Detroit Tigers. I'm joined by Jason Beck. Beck, uh, obviously the trade deadline is on the uh, lips and in the minds of fans uh, this time of year. The Tigers have been a team, uh, you know, hovering around in that playoff chase all season. Uh, despite some rough stretches along the way and then some great stretches along the way. It's been a hard team to, to really, you know, get your hands around, but uh, obviously very much in the playoff picture uh, here at the, you know, early in the second half. But at the same time, uh, over luxury tax, and I'm sure that's going to impact uh, what they can do at this deadline. So what's the latest uh, as far as the Tigers, what they might look for, what they can do, what is realistic for this club uh, the next couple of weeks? Well, they're at least doing their due diligence on uh, scouting starting pitchers and getting a look at what the market's like. The problem they're going to run into, and I think they realize it too, is that there are so many teams in the market for pitching help up and down the pitching staff, whether it's starting or relieving. And with the way the playoff picture is right now, a lot of those teams have deeper farm systems than the Tigers, and a lot of them have more top prospects to deal and more appealing top prospects to deal than the Tigers do right now. So I think really this is one of those years where it's Alvila's first year as a GM, so we're still kind of learning what his uh, tendencies might be. But it it just strikes me as a type of year, kind of like 2011, where we saw them make a run at some of the top pitchers on the market. They couldn't match up that year with the Indians to try to get Ubaldo. And then, like I remember, uh, Drew Pomeranz might have been part of that deal. He was a highly touted prospect at that point. So what they did was they turned around and they were able to get a smaller deal done with the Mariners packaging together a few prospects for a relatively young but inconsistent starter named Doug Fisker. And the rest was history. This strikes me as that type of of, uh, trade deadline. Where they could get something done smaller but try to get a bigger impact out of it. Yeah, that's what you look for this time of year. It doesn't have to be the blockbuster uh, necessarily. And then, you know, one thing with the Tigers is they're not in the situation they were a year ago where uh, from the selling side, like even if they were to entertain that thought uh, in the next couple weeks, it's not like they're – it's not like they have a Jonas Cespedes on their roster, you know, a, a pending free agent superstar. So it certainly seems like a situation where, at worst, Beck, they'd, they'd probably just kind of go status quo and, and let it ride with this current roster. Yeah, I mean, they could do smaller deals. You know, uh, K-Rod could be up for free agency. I think he's got the option for, for next season. You know, that's somebody who might have some appeal 
few other teams, you know, whether it's teams looking for a closer or maybe for a veteran setup guy, or maybe something like that. But you know, for for people young, well, you know, it's time to sell everything and try to accelerate the rebuild process. It, it's nice to say in theory that you know if things went really south, but even if they did, like the contractual obligations attached to a lot of these players make them really difficult to trade, and if you could trade them, the contracts really prevent you from getting full value for them. You know, yeah, Justin Verlaine is having a, a nice stretch here, and he's looked really good, but he's still on a contract for, for 2019, and he's got 10 and 5 rights. So, you know, even if by some stretch of imagination you were to decide that you know, this might be the time to try to deal him, he can basically leverage his way in the game of 2020 contract option picked up for, I think it's $22 million. And he's under contract for $28 million a year until then. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is in, in a similar boat. Um, Ian Kinsler even has got some obligation coming his way, although it's not nearly as long term. So I, I think once they went all in in the, uh, in the offseason, to try to contend this year, they really ruled out a whole lot of maneuverability this summer. Uh, it seems to me, back that Daniel Norris could be, you know, maybe a, an X factor for this club in the rotation in the second half. He could be, uh, you know, as big of an impact as, as any guy they'd reasonably or realistically be able to get in the trade market. What's the latest on Norris uh, coming back from his injury? Well, he's supposed to be making a rehab start uh, Monday night for Triple H Toledo. Uh, if all goes well there, there's a chance they could try to accelerate the timetable on him and try to bring him back uh, next weekend against the White Sox in Chicago. I, I know that would be a pretty good boost for them if they could slot him back in the rotation. And uh, I, I guess you know, maybe not have to give Anibal Sanchez any more starts, maybe move him back to the bullpen where he's So they decided they, they couldn't really afford to wait for him to work his way through it. So 
and you know, while Connor Collins can be an effective bat, he's not necessarily or, or really nearly as intimidating of a bat as Moya can be when he's on. But I think beyond that, now I think we're back wondering again what type of prospect Stephen Moya is going to be for these guys long term. Is this the guy that you can look at as being part of the Tigers outfield in two years when Justin Upton has an opt out? Martinez's contract is up. You know, elsewhere uh, in the realm of outfield shakeups, got a comment on this thing that went on in AAA last week with Anthony Ghost. That was the opening day center fielder for the Tigers. Now he's in AA Erie. Certainly a development uh, you could not have predicted, but uh, obviously uh, an argument there with Lloyd McClendon in the, uh, in the Toledo dugout leads to a major shakeup there. Yeah, that uh, that was something that caught a lot of us off guard. We kind of heard that his confidence was way down in Toledo, and he was scuffling. You know, it certainly showed in the statistics. He hadn't been hitting well. You know, he ceded playing time in center field to to Jacoby Jones, the, uh, the multi-positional prospect that they have, who they've been looking at as maybe potential future answer here in center. But I don't think anybody expected something like this, and. Uh, you wonder what his future is now and whether he's pretty much done in Tigers organization after this. You know, no, no McClendon can be you no know, exercise tough love, but he's also loyal to his guys. When something like this happens, I think it says more about the player than it, it says about Lloyd McClendon. Last thing back, uh, Justin Verlander had a 10 strikeout performance over the weekend against Kansas City. That's four of those this season, four 10-strikeout games. Uh, pretty vintage Verlander. We've seen it in, in flashes uh, at various points uh, the last couple seasons. It's starting to starting to get there with consistency. Yeah, I, I know a lot, lot's been made about the velocity being up. You know, he was able to uh, throw some fastballs, 97-98, but he was also able to sit at 96 starting early in the game. Usually that's a warning sign that makes you worry about whether he's going to be able to sustain that type of stuff as the outing goes on. But he not only sustained it, he built on it. And I think the All-Star break, now going to the All-Star game, I think did him a, a ton of good. Uh, but what impressed me more, I think, was how he used the slider and the curveball together in an effective mix. He really had all four pitches working. The curveball maybe wasn't quite as as we'd seen earlier in the year or, or maybe even in June. But I think by having a really devastating slider, a pitch that's really been on and off for all season long, he was able to pick and choose his spots to, to throw that uh, bigger breaking ball and be able to, to get some good reactions to it. And I think uh, you know, that, to me, long-term, is what I want to see out of Justin Berlander, a guy who can doesn't have to limp along with like two or three of his pitches working. If you can get more starts like this where he can find a use for all four pitches, I think you've got a guy who can age gracefully and a guy who, whether he's throwing 97, 98, or even 94, 95, can get guys out on a regular basis and pitch you deep in the ballgames. All right. That's the latest word from Jason Beck. I want to thank him for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers edition.
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.